Welcome back to Super 2. Uh, this episode, John and I will be discussing... Uh, see, we actually haven't potted in a while, so we will be recapping our 2016, um, covering our 2017 mind maps and how far or not far we've come. Let's see, some dating stuff as usual, and the Impossible Burger. Very excited about the Impossible Burger. I know! <laughs> Over everything else. Um, all right, so, you know, we're back after a little bit of a hiatus. We sort of miss winter. Uh, we're apparently just a spring, summer, fall show. Um, so winter's gone, um, but we're back. And um, we've kind of, like, been a little bit of traveling around. Uh, we keep on kind of missing each other. You know, we had some technical issues, and now we're back. So do, do you want to start with where you've been and where you are now? Let's start with that. Sure, sure. So I believe the last pod you may have heard was our Trader Joe's taste test when we were both in San Diego. This was back in October? That's crazy. Was a while ago. Yeah. It was a while ago. Since then, um, well, John will talk about this. He went to Taiwan, and I went to New York for a month because I was supposed to be my moving there. <laughs> Currently, I'm sitting back in San Francisco, and it is the end of March. So for the month of December, I had no Wi-Fi, so John and I couldn't really pod. And John was in international waters as well. <laughs> um, so long story short, uh, so we used to talk about – I used to talk about Tinder a lot, but I, I'm not anymore because – that phase is over. That game is over. <laughs> Tinder is over. It's over for me anyway, but I'm happy to talk about it, you know, anytime with anyone or almost anyone. There's still so much to, uh, you know, a lot to learn, a lot of advice, etc. And everyone's experience is different, right? So I mean, anytime- Spoiler alert, Tinder worked. <laughs> yes. <that> was- <laughs> right. It worked. Uh, I didn't want it to work, but it worked too well, shall we? Let's put it that way. Yeah, I was trying to move to New York, but I'm back in San Francisco. As John said, I moved back for love. So he's great. Oh, he's fantastic. <laughs> 2017, we're pro-love. Yeah, I, well, I hope so. Yeah, I am. I hope you are too, John. <laughs> Everyone's pro-love. I just lectured my friend the other day who also lives in San Francisco about pro-love. Oh, great. And uh, I told him he should move to go find his, his girlfriend. Um, like because she doesn't exist yet or she exists? And no, no, she exists. She lives in another city, in California City, and he lives in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And they're like, their biggest problem is they don't live near each other. Like, this is not really a big problem, right? Um, but apparently, sometimes it can be. It depends uh, who, what kind of people you are, yeah. Nobody likes a long distance relationship. True. Right. Um, and so you have decided sort of to move for love. Importantly, you decide to stay for love. I guess stay, right. And this is also significant in that I usually never do that. I usually do the opposite, sort of. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I'm independent. I do what I want. Oh, too bad. I'm going to go move countries now. <laughs> this time, reverse. Maybe it's time. I guess I, I think it feels good. I think probably meant to be at least for the time being, if not longer. And yes, he's fantastic. Um, And I'm getting nervous and shy right now, John. No, no, we're not going to focus on that because it's a wonderful thing. And we're not here to talk about wonderful things. We're here to talk about, I mean, we do want to talk about wonderful things, but also, um, you know, I I do want to hear about your month in New York because that's something I'm very accustomed to, just going to New York, thinking I'm going to live there, and then I'm out. Um, right. So how's your month there? Oh my goodness. Yes, John, last time I saw you in New York, you were on your way out and it was so hot anyway. <laughs> um, but my leaving New York, it, t- it, was a, it was a tough transition to let it go. But A, uh, that was my first real winter there. So that is cool for making me like San Francisco more. <laughs> I'm like, especially now, I'm looking at photos and hearing about blizzards and snow days. I'm like, that is crazy. A good thing I am not there. My body is not made for that kind of stuff. Um, I did experience four winters on the East Coast, and I got really sick the first time, so <laughs> I'm not made for that stuff. Um, but one one thing that I noticed about New York this time around, um, I lived there for a few months a long time ago, 
and go back to visit regularly. But this time around, I got really annoyed by uh, certain people's, shall we say, like New York attitude. And what I mean by that specifically, I'm sure there's a lot of types of New York attitudes, but this one in particular um, has to do with people who basically have only lived in two places, New York and like their shitty little hometown. And so if they've been in New York for a little bit, uh, they just have this attitude and they always talk about being in New York and how it's the best thing ever, superior, or like as a way to negate anything else that you're trying to say if it's associated with a different region. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, dude, there's way more in the world than just New York. I agree, New York is freaking like fantastic. That's why I've been trying to get back there for so long. But it was it was like everywhere, was all kind all types of from people from all walks of life. And I was like, man, I can't handle this. I was like, this is when the, your universe is too small. I think, and I think we may have talked about this before in terms of having, um, in general, like what is a small town attitude? It doesn't matter if you're actually from a small town or a big city. If you've just been in one place too long, whether physically or mentally or emotionally or whatnot, then I think uh, it's uh, you get stale, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so you know, this past weekend, I actually hung out with somebody from New York, and she had moved to San Francisco right around when you moved to New York, and she moved also for love to San Francisco. Um, and I saw her this past weekend and we were hanging out and she was talking to me about sort of the townies. You know, we know what a traditional townie is, right? You you live in your little town. You don't go anywhere. But what she was relaying to me is that some of the people she knows and a lot of people she grew up with, they're New York townies. Like New York lifers? Exactly. I mean, they ha- New York seems so big and it's so huge. But at the same time, if you just stay in New York or maybe you don't explore the things or uh, who knows, maybe you live in Queens, you know. <laughs> Uh, you're far away from things. You grew up there, but you also, despite New York being, you know, a huge, huge city, your attitude can still be very much a towny sort of yeah, absolutely. feeling. Yeah. And that's what you're kind of referring to, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I noticed it way more this time around. And maybe it's because I was going at a more casual pace as opposed to like, oh, I'm here to visit. Like, go, go, go. I was like, oh, no, I can chill. Like, my apartment's uh, bed style or whatever. Like, I don't have to, like, rush. So, um, and I maybe was also just doing more everyday things more often, like I'm going to this crowded ass Trader Joe's or just everyday tasks. And so I would just hear it everywhere. Um, and I was like, man, this is so annoying, dude. <laughs> yeah. You were no longer on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and also, I mean, of course, yeah, positive things that, you know, I still love it, but I guess the other thing that I noticed more that I hadn't before is that, um, I do like the fast pace. You know, I'm a fast walker. Like, I get impatient with things. So that's why New York can be good for me. But um, I guess it's like constant, this like kind of a constant blanket of stress that I used to thrive off of. I was kind of like, oh, maybe this isn't healthy. <laughs> this is not what, this is not who you are. Is it? I don't know. I mean, I mean you tell maybe me. I've changed. I don't know. Maybe I've changed. Maybe I'm just getting old and slow. <laughs> I was yeah. like, this can't be good for you. It's pollution in the air. <laughs> like, whatever. Um, but in terms of all the things that I love about it, like, oh, let's see, like, I, you know, lottery, musical matinee, go eat whatever I want to eat whenever I want, which is very important, obviously. <laughs> all great. Uh, you know, I have family and friends there. Super good to see most of them. Um, so it still has, like, a very special place in my heart. Still can't wait to go back. Um, but yeah, as my, oh, I bonded with my roommate instantly, which is cool. So she's a friend of a friend from back in the city. Same age. She's a really cool muralist. And I think she's also moving back to San Francisco for love. <laughs> oh, uh, that's soon. the theme. I, I guess love that. so. Yeah. Hmm. Who'd have thunk? Um, and the thing is, you know, last day we, were, uh, we had a plan to move to New York and explore things and, and be writers together in New York. Look yes. at us now. I look at us. Yeah, John, tell, tell us about your, uh, is this a good segue into your time in Taiwan? I mean, I did take about a month trip to Taiwan. Uh, the primary purpose was to see some family and my, my sister and my brother-in-law and the baby. 
And so it was a very different trip. You know, uh, I, I did have a lot of time. I mean, one month is kind of my minimum for staying somewhere. It's awesome. Um, but going back, it's, it's weird because I rarely spend such a short time somewhere, especially going back to, to a place where I've lived for a while. Mm-hmm. And it just, you just do the hits. Do you know what I'm saying? You're not necessarily <laughs> exploring anymore because right. you've got people to see, you know what you miss. You're kind of doing the hits. And, um, I didn't necessarily love it to have that sort of feeling because mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I was living there. Obviously, I was on vacation. Mm-hmm. And even though I got all the things that I wanted to do, it was also, you know, I wasn't like, oh, I want to live here again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and usually I had that feeling back in the past with like New York. I'm like, oh, I got to come back and live here. Mm-hmm. But in Taiwan, I was like, My, you know, I truly am over living here. And visiting was nice. But also I was like, I don't need to stay any longer. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, it's part of that. Um, well, A, it's a different situation. Like you had a lot of family there the who uh, usually uh, yes. isn't there. And B, a lot of your time one your Taipei expat community is no longer there correct um well i guess they're not really expats oh right? you know uh, most well, people don't live there period they're gone yeah so a lot of your um, friends from when you live there are gone yeah a lot of them are gone i mean there's a lot of them still there mm. um but also well i mean let's be real you know i was also on baby time <laughs> because What's baby we were time? traveling oh, with the baby right you had a baby. you know so <laughs> that really dramatically changed the dynamics of things oh yeah um you know there's a lot more daytime activities than i was used to i mean i generally don't do any daytime activities um but this time around there was a lot so the nighttime activities was actually very very low um but that's fine. You know, I've transitioned into being essentially a normal person again. I'm no longer, you know, sleeping at dawn, waking up at 4 p.m. So, you know, I'm back to being a normal human. Even now? Um, even now, yeah. Even Holy now. Holy crap. Yeah, it's quite the change. We're um, all changing so much. It's a, it's a rapid it's a rapid change, yeah. Important question for Taiwan. Did you get to eat everything you wanted to eat this time around? Oh, I definitely ate everything, yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah, that's not a problem. Eating is always going to happen. People just go there to eat, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, well, so I guess we're both sort of settled in at the moment. My goodness. Yeah, this is another big thing that John and I are both doing in different places. Uh, and who'd have thunk that? I, I don't actually like that phrase, who'd have thunk, but I'm, I keep using it today. <laughs> uh, I'm getting old. Um, yeah, this is something that I think neither of us really expected to happen to us so soon. Is this correct? Settling down? Well, I mean, I knew it would happen for me because I was like, you know, uh, I need to be here. Here's the good thing about settling down is, mm. is I'm sort of realizing you settle down is like you get a chance to catch your breath and get your shit together. Yes. Uh, so, you know, in Ideally. my case, I, I made, I made a mind map of yes. what to do for this, for this, uh, coming year. And everybody makes goals. Everybody loves goals. Everybody mm-hmm. loves to break them. Uh, but I watched this Google video about making a mind map. And generally speaking, I don't do a lot of exercises like this, but shit like this, I love, you know, um, <laughs> What it is is basically you just draw, you know, uh, a few big circles and put in your big goals and then you put in specific goals and whatever it is. And I spend a lot of time on mine and I'm just going to say mine is a piece of work. And I forwarded on the exercise to you and you also did a beautiful one. Oh, really? And so, I mean, this <laughs> is the thing. When you're on the go and traveling, you don't have time for this. True. You know, you're trying to figure out where to stay, who to hang out with. You don't have time to sit around and think about what am I trying to do or what am I trying to accomplish this year? You don't get time to draw a mind map. You don't have time for this stuff. True. Oh, we, uh, well, the other, okay, side note to that. Sometimes you will have like some big epiphany or whatever, but you're right in terms of really being like, oh, by, by in one month I need to do this and two months I need to do that. You're right. It's, it's not as prominence because your day-to-day is very exciting when you're an expat exactly oh yeah the day-to-day excitement is really great but when you don't have a day-to-day excitement you turn (laughs) inward and that's what is is you know what i've been doing (laughs) have you found that i I still feel like you're still out though you're still doing stuff oh man it's it's uh, i keep talking about it in this way i go uh but i feel it more and more so we'll we'll talk about this during our more about our mind maps but uh, do you want to talk about yours first john 
Um, mind mapping. I mean, I just want to sort of cover the categories that we did. Yes. You know, um, for the mind map, you just draw a few broad categories. Um, mine basically, um, you know, I started with like a few tiers. It was like tier one was like, um, 2017, my writing life, uh, adulting, mm-hmm. uh, job, house. Those were my four really major big ones. Mm-hmm. And then I had family, friends, mind, and then like health. And that was like my second tier. And then I had like a third tier of stuff. So I went real deep. You know, I had like finances, fun, food, personal growth, digital. So I had a lot of big categories and very specific things that I wanted to sort of either accomplish or just remind myself of. Mm-hmm. Um, what was on your mind map categories? I'm really, I'm looking at the photo of your mind map that you sent me and I didn't realize it was so tiered. But now I'm seeing your bolder circles. Thank you. And the man, yours is so good. Mine is like an elementary school child. So way I have terrible penmanship, but mine, okay, it just says 2017 in the middle, right? As the map looks. And then my categories, no tears. <laughs> my stuff is basic. Uh, career, geography, romance, hobbies, skills, health, fun, finance. Some of them are kind of standard and some of them I thought I'm supposed to put down as an adult, but I was like, oh, I don't get it. Um, so mine... Much I okay, so I started to talk to John about this earlier, but the reason part of the reason why my mind map wasn't as detailed is a uh, some of the basic stuff I need to accomplish this year is <laughs> it's simple but significant enough that it deserves uh, a simple category without too many detailed legs, sure. like you sure. know, get a job, <laughs> get a job, all right. B, um, if I have too many small offshoots, uh, Instead of getting more motivated to accomplish them, I think it would just overwhelm me and I would feel like a sense of failure <laughs> of not accomplishing all of them. So uh, whether that or that's just like being afraid of failure, which it is, uh, I think at this moment, because I am behind in a lot of adult stuff uh, right now, my broad categories worked out. So I'm, I'm, I've been working through them. I've been working, not all of them, but uh, yeah. Are we supposed to, you want to go into any, any kind of detail or zoom in on any part of your... Well, I wanted to sort of say that I have, I think the opposite of you, because for Mm -hmm. me, by putting down a lot of little tiny details, Mm -hmm. it makes me feel accomplished without actually accomplishing anything. (laughs) That's my, that's (laughs) my everyday to-do list kind of That's my strategy. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I have like a hundred things on my mind map. It it must mean my life is so full. I have so much to accomplish, (laughs) you know, um, Simplicity obviously is easier. I think people do do simple because it's it's more clear, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need five categories on everything, but I like to just fill it up with stuff. I love yours though. I love. Oh, can I? On your is this your third tier food? One of your categories is zoodle. I love it so much. Zoodle, yeah, it's important. <laughs> and we uh, have you accomplished that yet? Or are we supposed to pot about it? Um, we haven't zoodled. Uh, I haven't zoodled. I haven't done any of those things. Okay, um, it's okay. It's I'm third tier. To- it's a third tier. Well, <laughs> yes, yeah, third tier. It's, it's not important. But this is like um, the detail. <laughs> this is super detailed. And yours, I noticed yours says geography. Oh, I know. Well, this is when I was making my mind map. I was like kind of still unsure um, about where I was going to be. I was really like, I had a lot of like emotional knots to work through. I'm much better now. So geography, yes. Um, Have you cleaned your room? No, actually, you mm. know what? Out of most of these things, I've actually done a good number of the things on my map. Uh, but cleaning room to me is like the biggest barrier or like the final sort of major 
stone to move before I get ready to work again. <laughs> I'm such a brat, right? But no, no, you got a clean mind, clean, you know. No, totally, absolutely. Um, so I've been doing all these things that, to me, like signify my mental reset and settling roots into San Francisco. And I know, depending on who I tell, some people are totally understanding about it, and they're like, "Yeah, it's totally important. You need to feel like you're ready." And some people are like, "What? That is so stupid." <laughs> Like, maybe I shouldn't hang out with you. Like, even the little things like, um, well, to me, one of my things, le- learning how to drive again for the third time. I'm a like that. lady. Like, to me, that's a really big deal. It's like, okay, I'm settling. Because before I was like, oh, I don't need to learn again because I'm just like zipping around. I'm moving. I'm living in places where you don't drive and whatever, whatever. But now I'm like, whoa, driving is like a very important part of being an adult, right? And settling or whatever. So little things like that. Um. What else have you accomplished on this list? Uh, let's see. On this list, <laughs> okay, uh, sort of for under health, I was like, find a cheaper gym membership, and all that means is like, don't go to Soul Cycle that often, <laughs> which I've done. <laughs> okay, that's okay, you know. Uh, and yes, I locked myself into a nine month membership into one of my neighborhood workout studios. That's so that, again, settling, settling, roots, mental reset. Um, oh, finance. <laughs> I wrote specifically Chase Reserve card. Thank you. You got <laughs> Thanks it. to John. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> it has been has made a significant impact on my life. That's actually the biggest accomplishment I think I've made in 2017. Is yeah, it? Yeah, this credit card rewards. Yeah, it's really a big deal for adulting. Yeah. As a side note, there's a new one for Amazon. Maybe that's... not right for our purposes, but they, they have a new card that's pretty nice. Oh, really? If anybody Amazons a lot, I highly recommend it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I feel like I want to I know more now. <laughs> Chase plus Amazon equals savings. Dear Lord. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think the thing is, you know, uh, now that we're three months into our mind map, thing, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, I don't think I've looked at mine in, in three months. Ooh, yeah. You know, so I, tell I, I did me, it. how I, do you I feel really about your map it. right now? The progress of your map or whatnot? Well, now that I'm looking at it, you know, I feel like I, I have done a few things, mm-hmm. um, but I should probably look at it like once a week mm-hmm. or perhaps like figure out how, how to keep myself more accountable, uh-huh. you know? Because when you look at a goal list, like there's always this idea of like, you can stretch it, right? Like, did I do this? Like, oh, yeah, like I read one book this year. Like, okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, you kind of have to figure <laughs> out like, did I did I accomplish this task or did I just sort of like touch it a little bit? Got it. You know, no, like, I understand. I'm like that all the time, which is, yeah. yeah. Like, you learn how to drive. I'm like, I want to relearn the ukulele. <laughs> did I bring it out once? <laughs> Technically, yes. Did I relearn anything? No. You hey, know I learned stuff, but I know what you mean. Yes, yes. Yeah. But uh-huh. yeah, the driving thing, like I said, that's the some things that some people are like, that's really dumb. I'm like, no, not for me. Um, no, but that's a huge deal. Yeah, yeah. So, huh. Once a week, yeah, I sh- I, you're right. I really should revisit this. I'm glad you uh, made us do this again because I'm like, hmm, okay. Career and geography. Clean room, career for me because I'm a teenager. Uh, Was there anything sort of confusing about looking at either of our mind maps? Um, let me see. I'm <laughs> not confusing, but now I'm like, this is dumb. Uh, under hobbies, I wrote, try gyrotonics or rock climbing. <laughs> Ooh, is that what that word was? Because I, <laughs> I didn't, I can't read that handwriting. Yeah, what I is gyrotonics? Read, I can barely read mine as well. Um, well, it's not dumb, but I feel ridiculous having written that down as like a 2017 goal. But I can't really, I've never done it. One of my um, old friend's sisters has been training, is to become certified to teach gyrotonics. And it's, one of those full body workouts that involves like all this machinery that looks like terrifying if you don't know what you're doing because it looks like you could probably chop your head off or something. But I think, yeah, you're working all your muscle groups. Um, you, I can't even, I've never even seen it, but it looks crazy. But I think a lot of dancers like this workout. Uh, 
which to me translates to long lean muscles. So I'm like, yes, I want to try lean muscles. <laughs> long lean muscles 2017. Um, so she wanted to uh, get her hours in. So she said that if you know any of us wanted to try it with her, she would give us a discount. Blah. So I never received her. I asked her about it, and then I never followed through. So I think maybe that was part of it. I was like, follow through, Margo. Try something new. Also, I noticed you don't really have writing on here. Oh, I you put, have like finish your memoirs. Oh, I put that under career. Am I tricking career. myself? Maybe. No, no. I mean, oh. that's you should finish your travel memoirs. And I specifically wrote, um, write at least one North Korea blog because I went in 2015 and I never uh, uh, yes. talked about it, which is sad. We didn't do that either, did we? <laughs> that's fine. I haven't written anything either. Oh, no, no. no I, you did, I did. You're right. You've I'm sorry. a lot for our uh, writing. Yeah. Uh, I did finish a book proposal. Uh, by finish, I mean I submitted a draft or two, and That's now awesome. I'm behind. Um, so <laughs> I was really I motivated for about two weeks to write, and I did for about That's two weeks. Great. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're picking some gold. All right. Well, we should check in back on our mind map in maybe another three to six months to see how – let's get some Let's get some stuff done. <laughs> you know, now that Man, I feel like we're both out of safe space, <laughs> you know. Right. We gotta yeah. do it. We gotta do it for our audience, if not ourselves. Yeah, that's true. People are rooting for us. <laughs> like, oh my god! All right, that's that's enough of that. We we checked in. Okay, re reconfigure, focus, refocus. Got it. And my, podcasting with John is on my mind map as well. We're doing and that. We're back. We're back. Yeah, we're crossing it right off the list already. <laughs> Look at us. Are we just touching it? Are we really doing it? But, oh, it depends on how it goes next week. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. So yeah, if you've never made one before, I suggest I suggest doing it, um, especially if, if, because it involves pen and paper. And I think fewer and fewer of us mm. do that nowadays. So it, you know, makes your mind think in a different way. That's true. It's great. Yeah. Let's talk about your trip to Costa Rica. Oh my goodness! Yes, that was linked to my San Francisco, New York thing. So I went to Costa Rica with my my special gentleman, <laughs> my boyfriend. Is, now. is that what you're going to use your term? No, I, mean, I think we should come boyfriend. up with the term. He's, he's my boyfriend, but like, I right? Okay. Daniel's shy now. No, no, funny. I understand. Like when I was just dating, I was like, oh, I don't care. I'll talk about anything to anyone. Now I'm like, oh, now like, oh, now you know. <laughs> you're like, don't paparazzi me. Stop following me online. <laughs> but uh, I went. He had already had a trip planned with somebody else, and that did not work out. So I took the ticket and we went for two weeks and I none of, the, of us had ever been there before. And actually, that was my first time in Central America slash South America ever, which is a shocker considering that a lot of people are like, oh, you've been everywhere. And I'm like, no, I've, right. I've been to this part of the world ever. So yes, I was afraid of Zika. I am still a little bit paranoid that I might have caught Zika. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I didn't get bitten for like the first week. And then the second week, I started getting bitten. Uh, I did have like 25% deep bug spray, but... Yikes. So anyway, that's uh, hopefully nothing to worry about for the next year or two. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, it was great. We didn't do some of the more typical things like uh, adventure sports or whatever. But as one of my our friend Lan said, based on my Instagram, it seemed like the trip was one long sunset, which is true. Mm. <laughs> we managed to see the sunset almost every day and it was different every day. It was one of those. It was a good like renewal trip. Kind of it was re- very relaxing, gorgeous. Um, Costa Rica is so dusty, by the way. <laughs> Very dusty. It sounds yes. terrible. I mean, it is by a volcano, but the regular dirt. I know. I was. I don't think you would like that part, John. <laughs> and you also had some difficulty getting there. I think that we should focus on that. Oh, um, sure. Yes, yeah. that's harrowing. Kind of not harrowing. It was adventurous. So, because the main the main city is called San Jose, which can be confusing for especially 
for people from California because sure. San Jose, California. So you have to make sure you type in the right airport <laughs> when you're doing your travel arrangements. Um, San Jose, Costa Rica is the main city and that's the main airport. But uh, part of the tourist draw is that it's by this huge, or it's by volcano, Arenal, or however you pronounce it. Um, but because it's a live volcano, sometimes there's too much ash in the air for proper air traffic. So flights will be canceled or redirected to Liberia Airport, um, which is like a four-hour drive away. So our flight so went to uh, Fort Lauderdale first, and then both legs were delayed. And then at some point in Fort Lauderdale, you're like, okay, this is what's happening. You're going to fly into Liberia, and then there'll be a bus that will drive you into San Jose. And everyone's like, oh, my effing God, like, that's crazy. And then um, my boyfriend had rented a car. And, of course, that kind of expired because we were so delayed. And this, um, there were a lot of, like, fat cat Americans on the plane. Like, I mean, I know there's a big reti- like retirement community out there of um, Westerners. But there's, yeah, this big group of, like, you know, rich old fat guys who have, I guess, they must have property in Costa Rica or at least a timeshare. He's like, yeah, I've been there 40 times. I'm going to tell my driver just to, like, pick me up in Liberia Blah, blah, blah. He's like, you guys should not take the bus. He's like, you should just get a car and drive yourself. So we were like, I guess, okay. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it was just like super draining. And oh, the crazy thing too, and is unfortunate. Um, so we finally took off after having been delayed for a while. And then with our um, airplane news, it turns out we were in the air. And we're like, wait, something's happening at Fort Lauderdale Airport. We were just there. What the hell is mm-hmm. happening? And that was when shoot like the guy who checked in a gun picked it up from baggage claim and there was a yeah he was like shooting people mass shooting and so even though that wasn't in the area where we were it was still crazy and that we missed it by half an hour so the whole airport had been shut down after that happened obviously um so i mean everyone on our our plane was safe obviously but it was just like kind of crazy when it was like oh had it had we been delayed half an hour more or whatever like would have been caught up in, in this whole thing so Anyway, yes, that was uh, but at least at least uh, after that, everything is smooth smooth sailing by comparison. <laughs> so, I mean, how does Costa Rica compare to sort of other places that you've been? Like, would you want to go back? Did you? I mean, you're there for two weeks is a long time. Yeah, it is a long time. When I was first invited on the trip, I was like, that sounds kind of long. But... Right. I mean, did you get to explore? St- I mean, you obviously explored many things. You see, like animal, you know, like would you yeah. go back or you like I've seen what I need to see in two weeks there. Um, okay, because I'm kind of still paranoid about Zika. Mm. I don't know if I would go back soon, but right. I would go back to do the major things, like more rainforest stuff and the volcano. That Not necessarily, I wouldn't put that above any of my future trips, um, but if someone said, hey, do you want to go back, I wouldn't be against it. Uh, you know, see coffee plantation or whatever. It's relatively cheap, but... Depending, I mean, like any tourist place, depending on what you do, it's not as cheap as you might think. Um, it's pretty touristy, I presume. Some parts of it, yeah, yeah. Okay. Surprisingly, uh, my crappy Spanish got got us by okay. <laughs> fairly fairly well. I was like, oh, oh, all right, not not so much pat on the back, but I think it was more like I just knew more. Um, but anyway, uh, well, I mean, how do you? You were in Brazil and Paraguay last year brazil paraguay uh the desert oh, uh, all foreign countries to me <laughs> that was your <laughs> first dusty. time in south america yeah that was my first time in south america yeah so um, same question to you then like do you would you go back are you like no i'm good 
<laughs> I mean, no, I would go back. Um, so I mean, I don't know. I don't have much experience there, but I think I'd want to work on my language skills before I went there a little bit mm. because it does seem like I, you know, I, it, it's just weird to be in a place where I don't understand anything. Yeah. You know, and so, um, and generally speaking, like, I don't necessarily want to like do touristy stuff or just speak English the whole time, mm-hmm. but I don't speak Spanish. So that literally limits it. Like now I have this dream to, I w- would like to go visit or live in Valencia. I just saw this beautiful building there. And I, I feel like, to oh, where's I, Valencia? Valencia, Spain. Oh, yeah, I was like California. <laughs> yeah, California. well, Valencia, California is nice too. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but, you know, I'm just attracted by this one particular building, but I'm like, you know, I don't want to go until I can speak a little Spanish or understand a little Spanish. That'd be so and, cool. I'd visit you. Yeah, no, I mean, the way I'm learning languages at this point, to be honest, is through Netflix. I just turn on the subtitles for a mm-hmm. different language, Portuguese, Spanish, whatever it may be. Oh, and that's nice. actually very helpful. I was just watching a, a Belgian series and I picked up zero <laughs> it was the Dutch part of Belgium so I was like Dutch is crazy but there's just certain you words go, you gotta go the other you know like I'm listening to like I'm watching like you know like friends or something but turning on the Spanish subtitles or something. oh you know I see I see I'm going so the other way oh you're hearing so the I understand English it fully reading. but I'll just pick up exactly I'm not going the other, the other way I can't you know I don't understand anything oh that's great yeah especially if you're a visual learner Right. I do the same thing with Chinese. You know, it's like I'll, I'll watch English stuff, but then I have the Chinese subtitles on and you can catch a little bit of stuff like that. So. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. You take that Rosetta Stone. I don't know. <laughs> Rosetta Stone. It's no good. I tried it. <laughs> the, the UI interface is not that great. So I, I, I'm not loving it. Okay. Um, and I think now that now that I've been to Taiwan for essentially language training, I'm always like, that's the way to go. You just got to move there and learn it. Yeah, I mean, really, that's which is throw, be throwing throw yourself in with a shark yeah. sink or swim, and there's no choice. And yeah, then you will learn. I think when you do that, you realistically have to give yourself like minimum three to five months before you start feel com- you start feeling comfortable with using the local language. That's what I found. Have you um Have you heard of something called remote year? No. Uh, let me tell you about it. Yes, thank you. So my friend told me about this. It's what it is. It's it's just, it's interesting because it's a startup, and I think it came like 2015. And it's this guy. You travel around the world with 75 people, and every month you move somewhere. The same and group of people. The same group. It's essentially your cohort of people. Oh my god! <laughs> it's a startup. Uh, it's kind of funded. Uh, let me. I'm gonna start with the positives because this is what I thought it was. Mm. But basically, you know, you end up paying two thousand dollars a month, and they take care of flying, what? lodging, oh. all this kind of stuff. Food. Every, oh, no, not food. No, okay. Just lodging, office space, whatever it is. The idea is that you okay. work working remote all the time. All right, all right. Um, of course, in some countries, $2,000 a month is a lot. In some mm-hmm. countries, it's not. Um, mm-hmm. And so, in theory, it, it sounds amazing, right? Um, yeah. A whole year away, you are, in theory, supposed to have a job um, while you're doing this. Uh, if you dig a little deeper and read about the actual experiences, you know, there's some negative things, whatever it may be. However, I was just thinking, like, this is actually kind of an interesting and good idea. Um, you know, my friend's like, oh, you should totally do this because it sounds like, I mean, I could do it, right? I could work remote. I could travel around, stuff like that. Um, but is that something that appeals to you or would you just be like, I just want to do this myself. I don't necessarily want to travel with 75 people, a built-in group of people. Are these 75 people from around the world or are they like American? Unfortunately, I think predominantly American. <laughs> I mean, at least the first class was. I don't know what it is now. They're on their like fifth or sixth or seventh class. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah actually, I was just going to ask, well, I was going to assume that for you, you wouldn't like that because you, I would feel like you'd want to be more independent, yeah, even though you like being around people. But, well, no, I, I thought we were talking about the American thing. I would not want to just go with American. Yeah, no, hell no. Right. That's, <laughs> <laughs> if it was an international cohort, that would be, I think, a much different story and really cool, um, or a lot cooler at least. 
Right. But if it was international and you know diverse, uh, in theory, it would be nice. Or would you? I mean, something that you wouldn't even consider. Like, do you think two thousand dollars a month to kind of run、mm-hmm. around to these twelve countries? Do you think that's viable? Is that off the bat just sort of like hearing about it? You're like, oh, that's a cool idea. Or you're like, ah,、eh, I can just do this myself. Uh, cool enough that I would I would actually at least look into it, like read、mm-hmm. about it more. But yeah, it depends what the countries were and. The cohort, yeah, in terms of, like what the spread is internationally, if not what the age group spread is,、um, just, yeah, just as long like I guess the key word I'm looking for is like diversity in all ways. Sure, sure.、Um, because I、uh, see when I was living in New Zealand for a year, it's not quite the same, but sim- it was similar for me in that you know I lived in a long-term hostel with international backpackers、uh, for a long time. For like it was it was on and off for most of us, but it was like for months on end, and that was super cool. And sometimes we'd break off and travel together, and whatnot, so I absolutely loved that. And we were working together as well.、Um, so if I kind of translate or try to think of all the positives I gained from that experience, in hoping that this more, I guess, professional adult experience would bring, then it would make me consider it more. But、hmm. I'm just like, yeah, I guess I th- <laughs> is that terrible? <laughs> Let's just settle and not go anywhere. I'm in. <laughs> just go to Spain, dude. I'll visit you. Stay at home club. No, I mean I don't. I don't want to go anywhere.、Uh, oh, I, I went to San Francisco for four days, and I barely want to be there. <gasps> But I'm so happy that John came up. Yeah, we we did get to reconvene、um, yet again.、Uh, this time, also in a new city. We've never hung out in the bay before. That's true. That's true. So, thanks, so, what number city is that for us? I want to say four. No, fifth. Okay, I'm not sure. Taipei, Seoul, Ta- New York, San Diego, San Diego,、yeah. San Francisco. Oh, five. L A. Oh crap! That's six. Yeah. All right. Excellent.、So、double digits. Perfect. Right. Um, but yeah, so I mean, we did quite a number of things in our short time in SF. Even though you had your stuff and I had my stuff to do.、Um, so the most important thing we'll save for last, which is the Impossible Burger, <laughs> which、yes. I was really excited about.、Um, but we also, what did we do?、Uh, <laughs> we waited for a table that never materialized at a restaurant. <laughs>、mm, yeah, that was a little bit ridiculous. Um, yes, we were in Oakland. Oh well, we did a lot. Okay, now I'm checking my memory. We did, we did do a lot. Yes. Well, you came up for a wedding. Did you give a wedding speech? A wedding. I did not give a wedding speech. I just came for a wedding. Okay, that was in Livermore. And then we went to a. Go ahead. Oh, what else did we do? Hello. Yeah. Hi. Oh yeah, Bollywood hip hop class by your friend. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to lead to. Okay, so. Uh, on the list of things we did,、uh, we were in Oakland. I went to a wedding, and then、uh, I dragged Margot to my friend's、um, hip hop bonger class. That's right. And、uh, it was great、It's、because、Bollywood. you know she's like, "I'll try it out." And most people were like, "Nah, you know, I, you don't know what it is, whatever." You know, my friend Jasmine, she's starting a bonger in the Bay class, and this was the first one. And I was there to help my friend Victor sort of like shoot it. Um, but Margot participated in the entire class, and it's an hour and a half, and it's grueling. I mean, and Jasmine's very energetic. She also teaches spin class in Oakland,、um, so it's kind of great.、Uh, but no,、uh, you've taken dance classes before, but not a bonger class, I'm sure. No, I've never taken any kind of South Asian dance. My body was confused. I was confused. I was terrible, but it was fun. <laughs> it's like, how do you do that? But yeah,、um, also hanging out in Oakland, you know, we got to kind of like hang out in an area of Oakland we don't normally see, right? You're not that familiar with that area. What was it like? What was Temescal? What Temescal? Temescal? I didn't even know how to、alley. see it. I didn't even know how to see、uh, it. But a lot of our friends live there. Yes, and it's a part of Oakland that I actually kind of enjoyed, even though I was only there for about two days.、Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's kind of like that particular part, the alleyways, as our friend Lillian described. She's like, "This is kind of like Portland in Oakland." <laughs> we're there, and we're like, "Oh, spot on, spot on." Like su- super kind of like national hipster, I would say. 
Maybe right. not Nashant, but Nashant in that it's a very tiny area, like two alleyways, literally. Um, oh, is that all that it was? Just two alleyways? Yeah, and the other one was closed. <laughs> okay, well then, uh, maybe we don't need to go back and explore. No, but it's cool. Like, check mark, like, cool parts of Oakland. That's all like, oh, delicious ice cream and random crystals and <laughs> whatever. Like, artisanal food, hippy-dippy stuff, expensive clothing, uh, but it looks plain. Like, you know, that kind of that kind of deal. Is that what Portland is like? Because if uh, that's the case, I don't need to go. Wait, have you been? No, I have not. Oh, okay. I went for the first time last fall only, actually. I so, recall. Um, it is exactly like the show, if that, whether that is. Okay, <laughs> it's exactly like the show. Yes. The show is funny because it's, like, painfully true. Okay. Um... We're at 40 minutes. Should we talk about the Impossible Burger? Sure. Oh, did you want to talk about Joshua Tree or your travels, your recent oh. travels? No, we'll, we'll, we'll skip that. We'll skip that. <laughs> Maybe next time. John just yeah. went to Joshua Tree. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll come back to the desert. I just have a lot of negative feelings. Maybe I'll, <laughs> maybe I'll give a reverse recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> but first, <laughs> the Impossible Burger. Yeah, so let's talk about the really exciting thing, um, the Impossible Burger. Tell me what it is. Oh, well, thank you. So the funny thing is we have this ongoing shared list of things that we can talk about on this podcast. And I written down Impossible Burger a long time ago. But one thing that John does that I don't do, he'll actually put a link <laughs> explaining what this thing is in case the other person doesn't know. So I did not do that. Kind of like fell by the way- wayside. And then John put it on again with a relevant article. Um, and basically, it's been in the works for five years. Uh, David Chang from the Momofuku chain, or Empire, is a key celebrity chef who's been involved in developing essentially like this meat-like, it's a vegan burger that bleeds. So I think the origins of him being interested in developing a burger like this is that when he studied abroad in England, there was mad cow during the time, so he couldn't eat burgers. And he ate a lot of veggie burgers and kind of developed an, um, an affinity for those. So I think it's been on his mind um, since his college days. So this is a substance called heme. Um, is that's what makes meat burgers bleed. So that's a key ingredient in this veggie burger. It's also what does it have? Potato, coconut oil is the fat, and has like some wheat gluten in it. Um, it sears very well. Do we understand and, what heme is? <laughs> no. I, okay. It sounds like hemoglobin, right? It's something that's in blood, correct? Even though this I is, don't know. Is that, this is totally a food item. Yeah, let's just, that sounds like a great explanation, right? Oh, cool. Yeah, sure. Okay, hemoglobin. <laughs> I'm a scientist. Sure. Yeah. Okay. And they, uh, they have this only in seven places right now in the United States. Mm-hmm. And two of them happen to be in San Francisco. Yes. How lucky are we? Right. So four so in we New York, had to go. one in LA, two in San Francisco, and only restaurants. So the restaurants purchase this quote unquote raw. So I guess that it might be worth it to visit all of them if you're into this because every restaurant prepares it differently. Right. And, you know, uh, I just, I decided to make a reservation for maybe the, you know, very few times in my life I made a reservation because you have to. <laughs> and, um, you know, I brought along you, who is mm-hmm. a lover of meat. Mm-hmm. And I brought along my other friend who actually does not eat meat right now. Um, and then another friend who also, you know, has heard about it. Um, and we went to, which was the restaurant called? I forgot. Um, it's a newer restaurant in San Francisco called Coxcomb. And the Cox other Comb. one in the city that offers it is Jardinier. Uh, Coxcomb, if you're interested in trying it, is a lot easier to get into than Jardinier. Uh, just as a recommendation if you want to try it. And, a, you know, it's for lunch and for dinner. So there's uh, some flexibility. So let's first talk about the cost of an Impossible Burger. Because this is kind of like an eye-opener <laughs> for many people. Um, it's a $19 hamburger. 
that is、mm-hmm. not made meat.、Uh, for us, it's fine. You know, it's like this is something we're trying out. But I can't imagine people necessarily. You know, this is also something that people are just coming here to eat. Even though this restaurant is, I, I'm sure it's very popular and it's very good. But from what we could tell, you know, seventy percent of the people there were eating Impossible Burgers.、Mm, yeah, I would say so. Okay. Our server said that even on a slow day, they'll serve eighty, at least eighty Impossible Burgers. Oh, only eighty. I felt like it would have been more. We were four already. Not、mm-hmm. a slow day, so I was like, "Whoa!" Okay, oh, it's like slow day. bare bones. I gotcha.、Mm-hmm. Okay, so tell me about what was your experience with it. Okay, okay. So yeah, this is super hyped, and we're like, "Okay, all right." And okay, it's the purpose of like、uh, Impossible Burgers. Basically, the marketing is brilliant though, because it's rolling it out to these higher end restaurants where people who love food and who are willing to drop nineteen bucks on a burger. Will most likely also be people who are posting about it on social media, telling their friends about it. So it's like word will get out, and I think maybe in two years the goal is to get it into supermarkets so people can buy it at home. And I think the price point will be lower as well.、Um, but okay, great. Okay, it sears very well in a pan, which is <laughs> which is great. So the outside can be really crispy.、Um, inside is kind of juicy. It was okay. This sounds I don't know if it's macabre, but I wasn't as bloody as I thought it was going to be. I thought the burger was going to be served medium rare, as we were told, but to me it seemed more like a medium well. If <laughs> in my burger eating expertise, that said, for a veggie burger, it was juice. It was enough that I was like, oh, okay, I I can see that. I this is still like the texture is good. Like it's still satisfying when you bite into it.、Um, but to me, it still it tastes like a soy burger. Like、uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, hey, this is this meat? I can't tell. Like I can definitely tell it's not meat. That said, it still is pretty good. And、uh, when it becomes cheaper, I would definitely、uh, eat it more often. I don't know about regularly, but in trying to you know be more conscious about reducing animal product consumption, etc. Like I would definitely consider eating it more often. What about you? What did you think, John? I mean, this is one of those rare items where you go and my expectations were exceeded. Oh yeah, that's great. I loved it. Oh my god!、Uh, usually, when I kind of eat these trend fad foods, which I'm just、mm-hmm. really against because they generally suck,、um, <laughs> this one was both delicious and sort of satisfactory in sort of a scientific way. Because、yes. I was like, "Oh, this is—they're not trying to replace meat necessarily. They're trying to make it look like meat." But、um, it also tasted delicious. I felt, and I would definitely eat it more often if I could. You know,、um, I, I guess. You, oh, go ahead. Did you agree that you can tell it's not meat? Oh yeah, I mean, there's not. It's definitely not a meat replacement. Um, but I used to be vegetarian, and so I used to eat a lot of vegetarian burgers. So I've had a lot of good ones and bad ones, and this is right up there, the very top tier of vegetarian, you know, burgers. And I wish it was available more widely. And、mm-hmm. to be honest, you know, nowadays if you go get a high end burger at a bar or something, it's like fifteen dollars anyway. Yeah,、uh, yeah. So the price didn't even bother me that much. <laughs> you know, if you're gonna pay eighteen dollars for ramen, what's nineteen dollars for a hamburger? Sometimes, man, it's so true. I got used to paying twenty bucks for a burger when I was living in Australia, New Zealand. I was like,、okay. ugh. Fine, especially if it's、yeah. it's pretty substantial.、It、comes with a salad at Coxcomb,、um, but it was still I thought pretty filling. The big thing、here's, for me reading this article. Oh, sorry.、Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, wait. We'll go me and then you. <laughs> so here's the thing. So a lot of time, my appetite has become smaller as I be as I'm becoming older. So I ate half my burger and I wanted to box up the other half. Um, but I feel like our server probably is experienced enough with serving these burgers. Like he didn't even ask me if I wanted a box. He preemptively. I think he saw me with this like half burger on my plate. And then, without telling me, like he went, he went to ask his manager if it was okay for me to bring it home, because, and the answer was no. Did、um, he even no ask one, his manager, or that was just their policy? That's what he said. He told I, I me. I think he lied. I, I didn't. 
<laughs> he probably has asked his manager before. Um, it's who knows if it was true or not, but you're not allowed to take it out of the restaurant at all. Why? Um, cause I might be a rival company scientist trying to steal the recipe. I, I might like take, take it home and try to break it down and an- like analyze what it's made out of. Um, so I was like, what? I like that smart. <laughs> I was just like, what? I'm yeah, how did you feel about that? I kind of loved it. I, I mean, for, for a split second, I was like, what the F? And then, yeah. and then I was like, oh, I get it. I get it. Yeah. People are trying to be trying to steal. <laughs> Because I mean, I get, I get it. Like, if, you, if this company has spent like five freaking years trying to develop it, it's like, yeah, it would suck if somebody stole yeah, the recipe. I mean, this is a patented sort of like item, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not a technique; they're making something. And I kind of just—I mean, it's called an impossible burger, which is a great name, just by it, itself. It's a perfect name for it, yeah. Because you're like, how is this possible? It's impossible, but it's here. Um, so yeah. then I made everyone eat a piece of the leftover one. <laughs> then we were all really full. I was like, can't waste it! Can't waste it! So that extra, extra trouble bites of Impossible Burger. So yeah, we are so we are co-endorsing this product. If you are willing and you can drop 19 bucks on, on it. That's exactly what we're endorsing this episode, the Impossible Burger. If you find yourself in locations where you can get it, I think it's worth effort. And I'd be curious to try how other people serve it because we only tried one place. Mm-hmm. Right? Agreed. Like, is it better Yeah, with the way that the, the certain texture is? And, you know, is it better with, like, certain kinds of cheeses or spicy, not spicy, pickles, not pickles, what kind of bread, etc.? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the one thing that I did want to bring up from the article that was that really mm. struck me was not even just sort of the Impossible Burger, but I didn't really know that cows and methane and essentially what they're doing to the environment was so huge. Ah. From what I read from the article, mm. it's like, you know, the sort of uh, global warming, of course, transportation, man-made gas, whatever, but our consumption of meat requires so many cows and their inefficiency and how much essentially gas they're releasing is a huge, mm-hmm. huge, huge part of global warming. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a pretty good reason to for them to sort of explore, you know, not eating so much meat, right? Did you know that already? Right, and I did, actually, and that's why, so I don't, I think my meat consumption has been, I've reduced it a little bit over the past few years. I am a, a big meat eater. Um, and I always tell people like any motivation for me to re- reduce my animal product consumption actually comes from more an environmental um, guilt or pull about, rather than like uh, a love for animals, which I don't have as much. I know it sounds terrible, but I think, you know, different people have different reasons for doing, doing these things. Some people, yeah. Cause I feel a lot of people are like, I love animals. And I'm like, well, no, but if you tell me that this is destroying the earth, then that will get me more, definitely more but, so. But then you'd have to change all your social media handles. <laughs> I could be talking about fake meat. Oh, I see. <laughs> or yearning to hark back, harking back to days of yore, maybe. <laughs> but yeah. Or just sort of like a yeah, metaphorical meat. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm from last century. Basically, <laughs> uh, we are. We are from last century. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's kind of also why it's brilliant that the Impossible Burger is um, a good product is because like, assessing especially Americans, like part of our p- huge beef consumption is hamburgers specifically. So if you can find a way for everyone to reduce their hamburger consumption specifically, that will cut down on beef consumption dramatically, right? I don't have the stats, but yeah, that's the idea. So that was our group endorsement, but I also have a very related personal endorsement. Um, this past weekend, I was playing this PlayStation 4 game. It's called Overcooked. Have you heard of it? No. <laughs> um, you're not a huge video game player. Um, I am. And I just got to say, this is one of the best co-op couch experiences ever. 
what that means is that <laughs> you have four people in the same room, co-op, couch, you know, so you're not playing with other uh-huh. people online. Everybody's their own controller. Uh-huh. And the concept of the game is you're essentially running a kitchen. You have to make food mm-hmm. as a team. Um, and uh-huh. this game is just thrill. Like, you don't even need to be good at video games to play this. You don't actually really even need to play that many video games. But it's about teamwork. It's about coordination. Bad things happen. It's like, you know, everybody watches these cooking shows. And this is, in a way, your chance to participate. Um, so I would heavily recommend playing this game if you don't have it or you don't know anybody who does have it. I have four controllers. We can play together. <laughs> Everyone go to San Diego. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll bring it to you. It's fine. I have no problems with that. <laughs> but throughout this game, it's it's challenging, but you're also, you know, you're making soups. You're making tacos. You're making burritos. You're making pizza. You're making hamburgers. Yum. And it's great. So that is my huge endorsement. <laughs> Overcooked the game. What, uh, what system do you have? I have a PlayStation Four. Okay, but I'm assuming it's available across various platforms. Various platforms, yeah. Hmm. Actually, uh, one more thing about that. Uh, that is actually, yeah, step a step up from other cooking games where you just do it by yourself. <laughs> like I remember exactly. Cooking Mama. Like on, do you remember that? Yes, of course. Oh, okay. So I'm not totally out of the loop. But, um, no, you're really in. Oh, so in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. My point of reference. You play so, Cooking Mama. I have, I have, and okay. then my brother got me into it. And so you are multitasking in the kitchen, like, oh, don't, don't let this burn, you gotta chop this stuff up, whatever, whatever. Um, but then it always just makes me hungry, and I wanna eat that food that is not real. But I can see if you're playing with other people, that kind of makes it more exciting. That's what we did the other day. We had pizza and then made pizza. Oh, that's perfect. It's kind of like what you're supposed to do if you watch Jiro Dreams of Sushi. You have to have sushi right there, right? Oh, yeah. To eat it That's in just real a life. downgrade, though. Okay. <laughs> because you're watching this beautiful sushi. You're like, I can't get this anywhere. You're like, this is frozen crap that I picked <laughs> up from down the street. Um, okay, great. Overcooked. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us for another long overdue episode of The Redo. So happy you're following us, following us into the year 2017, and we will be back soon. Thanks again.